0: The the one thing that brings fear to the enemy is unity and building. When we become unified as one body, one spirit with the Holy Spirit, it brings fear to him. So he tries everything he can to bring division in the body of Christ and even in your family at times on purpose because you're stronger together. I'm going to say this again. You're stronger together together there's no way that we can do anything by ourselves and if you think you can I'm sorry you've been mistold and deceived by the enemy you're getting duped so we need one another in this season so unity and building scare him because building is boots on the ground taking ground back from the enemy and he hates that When we begin to build, when we begin to have vision, when we begin to agree with heaven and bring heaven to earth through vision, it scares the enemy because he knows that something great is coming. So it brings fear to him. Those are the tactics of the enemy right now. I saw two different movies in two different weeks, uh, the past couple of weeks and one of the movies, it was a Western that I saw. And another movie, it was a newer up-to-date movie that I saw. And both of them said the same thing. And I have been praying about it, and I was like, God, what, what, what are you even trying to say? How is it that I can watch two different movies, two types of different movies, and they said the same thing? And they come to the dad of the family. So he's after the dads. He's after the leaders of the homes right now. And he's trying to infiltrate you in your mind. And so the dad says, you know, I don't fear me dying. I don't fear something happening to me. But the one thing that I do fear is something happening to my spouse or my family. And that was the tactic of the enemy right now. It wasn't you dying or you getting sick or you being attacked. It was your family and your spouses that you were in fear of. It was about family. It, it, you're okay if you're going through something. You're, you can be strong in that. But when the enemy starts uh, attacking your family, it's a whole different story. It's like the roaring lions come out and all hell <laughs> breaks out. And all of a sudden you become a different person in the warfare. And, and I believe that's what, what um, the enemy right now is after. He's after our family. He's after attacking um, the head of the households, the leaders in our home, because he doesn't want us to have vision and begin to be builders as we're called to be. So, he causes all these distractions to come to distract you to do the very thing that you were called to do. All of a sudden, you're dealing with chaos. All of a sudden, you're dealing with problems. All of a sudden, you're dealing with trials. All of a sudden, and when those things come upon you, you're not before the Lord in prayer all the time. Let's be transparent and real. You're busy trying to. Fix the problem that you see in front of you and the enemy's done his job focused on the problem instead of focusing on the Lord. And your whole vision shifts. Your whole focus shifts to the problems and you're no longer focused on the Lord. So today's title is called Rooted in Him. Ephesians 4 Paul's writing to this church in Ephesians. When he's writing to these people, he's not writing to immature babes. He's writing to a mature body that has experienced the, the, the works of the Lord. He's, they've experienced revival. They've experienced a move of God. They've seen it. They've, they've breathed it in. They've been there. They've done that. And he writes in, in, a, in Ephesians. I mean, in uh, Ephesians 4, let's go to verse 4, and there's a talk about the unity of the body of Christ. This is the, the unity part that I'm talking about. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you've been called. I believe the Lord is saying that to us this morning urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called he is calling you you've already been called some of you have been saying i'm waiting on you lord i'm waiting on you lord i haven't heard from you lord and the Lord's saying you've already been called you've already been chosen i've already marked you you've got everything what are you waiting for With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What's going to bring us in unity? His peace and the Holy Spirit. There is one body, there is one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. When you're functioning in your call, it produces hope. When you don't produce in your call, you become hopeless. Because he's created you to do a certain something. And when you're running from the certain something, you get hopeless. It creates hope deferred in your heart that makes you sick. Because you keep trying to do things of what you're supposed to do in the natural of your own mindset. And you're not being led of the Holy Spirit. So guess what? You become hopeless. But when you're functioning in your call, it creates hope. Verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace, verse 7, but grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Whatever gifts he's given you, there's grace attached to that gift. You saying, I don't know if I can do this, God. When you're going through attacks and trials, that's the very thing you say. I don't know if I can do this, God. I don't know if I can answer the call, God. I don't know if I can position myself to, to, to function in what you've called me to do, God. And he's saying, <laughs> he's saying, but I've given you grace for what you're called to do. You've got plenty of grace to give you to help you function in what I've called you to do so we can't even say that anymore. Therefore, it says when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. This is where he goes into all of the gifts. He ascended. What does that mean? But that he has also descended into the lower regions. They were singing about that today. In my highs, in my lows, he's saying it right here and saying he ascended. What does it mean? but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth he who asc- descended is the one who also ascended far away far above all the heavens that he might fill all things This is as it is in heaven here on earth. This is what we're talking about here. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. This is why you're called, this is why you have a position in what God has created you to do for the sole purpose of building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ why does there have to be a maturity the maturity comes with you positioning yourself It comes with submitting to God and coming under God's submission of surrenderance and saying, here I am, God. What she was releasing today during worship was about you saying yes. He wants to be in an intimate place, in the secret place with you, but he's not going to make you. You got to say yes to him. You got to come to that place of intimacy with the Lord. Let me tell you, the place of intimacy with the Lord affects your whole life. It affects your marriage. It affects your relationship with your family and your kids. If you can't be intimate with the one that created you, you're not going to be very intimate with your spouse. You're not going to be very intimate with your kids. It, it works first with intimacy with him. And if you can't get that part down, it's going to affect everything else in your life. It will, it will tear your life apart if you leave that part out. Let's take that as a nugget today. <clears throat> Let's go on to verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joint and held together by every joint with which is equipped when each part is working properly it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love doesn't that mean every part matters Every every person called to a position here in this place, here in the body of Christ, it matters. It's important. It's important that your yes is not just for yourself, it's for the whole body of Christ. Your sacrifice, you being a laid down lover, is what I've always called it, what I've taught my kids, what I what we've learned together as a family is we have to be laid down lovers. There is a sacrifice And you're like, but God sacrificed it all for us. Yes, he did. He sacrificed it so you could step in, so you could be empowered, so you could begin to function in what he created you to do. We're talking about unity. That covers unity. Now we're going to talk about the building and how the building functions in unity. So if everybody's positioned in the apostolic setting in the apostolic hub, which this place is called to be, and everybody begins to be the teachers, and everybody begins to position themselves in all the different five-fold areas, then we get strengthened. There's unity in that, and then it begins to move. Things begin to function. Things begin to move. That's why we call it a hub, because it's all the streams working together to produce what God wants to do here. So now we have the building part. Nehemiah was a builder. Nehemiah was such an amazing builder. It didn't mean it was easy, but he was called to build. Nehemiah's called to rebuilding the wall, and we're going to read in Nehemiah 4. We're going to start in verse 4. This is what we've we've been experiencing. The enemies oppose the rebuilding. The devil doesn't want us to rebuild things. No, he, doesn't. he doesn't want to bring restoration to a city or a state or a town. He wants to see it demolished, disintegrated, and broken. That is why the uh, one thing my husband always says that I love when he says it, he says I, he does he's not going to send a mechanic to where there's a bunch of mechanics. He's going to send a mechanic where there's needed a mechanic to fix things. You know, if it's already being done, he's not going to send more people to do the same thing. He's going to send people. So we were sent from Texas to Ohio to bring that to the body of Christ here. We didn't choose to come. He chose us to bring us here. And we're agreeing with heaven. And we're like, okay, now we're going to build the apostolic hub and we're going to bring all the builders together to help us build in this building. And not just for our sake, but for the sake of nations. So this place here is not just for Holiday City. This place is not just for Bryan, Ohio. This place is not just for defiance. This place is called to affect and impact the nations. So that's why it's important everybody saying yes, everybody answer the call. When Jesus calls your name and says, hey, I've chosen you, you've been called. Let's just make it clear there's no waiting on God anymore. <laughs> you've been called. <laughs> so now we start building. But the enemy's mad right now. And we're in verse 4, and it says, Sam Ballett was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and he mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? See, this is why the enemy's been attacking your finances. The mocking spirit is here, and it's been mocking to you, and it's been telling you, who do you think you are, you poor person? And some of you have agreed with it. You've agreed Uh, Yeah, I don't have nothing. I'm so poor. I'm in such lack. We can't even afford this and we can't afford that. Well, you've just agreed with the mocking spirit that is assigned to your life by the enemy to keep you down and to keep you from building. This thing is real. The apostolic was always called to position and build and take ground. This is that. This is the form the enemy's coming. He wants to bring discouragement to stop the building by making you feel like your sacrifice is for nothing. That doesn't mean anything. The devil is a liar. Let's make it very clear. I guarantee you. These past two weeks, you felt I give everything, and it's probably for nothing. And it's created hope deferred that makes your heart sick. I do everything right. I'm being transparent and real with you right now. When you lead a sinless life and you've given your everything, the devil will come and whisper to your ear, you've given everything as a sacrifice for nothing. And it's up to you if you want to believe it or not. Because it's a lie and it's a devil from hell that's been lying to you. I'm here and I gave it all up for why am I giving up all these things I used to do living in the world? What for? I'm still under attack. I'm still in warfare. Well, that's a lie. The devil's a liar. Nehemiah 4, 4, uh, we're going to read verses 4 through 23. So what does Nehemiah do with this mocking spirit that comes and lies and, he, and that spirit is going around telling lies. Who do you think you are to start a business? Who do you think you are to do, uh, have vision and, and start building the vision God's given you, right? <laughs> then he says, then I prayed. You, you prayed? What in the world? You prayed? It's so simple, right? But when you're in the middle of the trials, when you're in the middle of the warfare, you don't pray. Let's be real. Let's be very transparent today. Let's be real because you're so concerned with the problems and issues that it's taking you away from your prayer life, your secret place, your place of intimacy that all you're focused on in that moment is I got to get through this. I got to strive and I got to push through this. And then you, your, your lack of prayer has stopped. That's the enemy's plan. He wants you to stop praying. Nehemiah says, then I prayed. Hear us, O God, for we are are being mocked. May their scoffling fall back on their own heads and may themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. (laughs) Verse 6. At the last, the wall was completed to half its height around the inner city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Let me say this again. They came excited. They came excited. They came full of joy. They came with, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? I'm here to serve God. What is it that needs to be done? I'm here to help. That's what enthusiasm means to me. <clears throat> Verse 7, but when uh, Sambaled and Tabiah and the Arabs and the uh, Mononites and the Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead, And that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. Anybody being confused? Did God say? Is that really my calling? Did he call me to be an evangelist? Did he really call me to come and build in the church? Is this where I'm supposed to be? I don't even know if I'm supposed to be here. Am I supposed to be at this church? Man, maybe I'm supposed to go and do other things, right? Let's be real. Confusion comes. That's confusion. Making you second guess the very first thing God has told you to do. That's why sometimes he has to take us back to the beginning to remind us what he originally said over your life and over my life. He has to do that on purpose to remind you, where did you come from? How were you saved? How did you come to know the Lord? Was it a mistake? No. No. Was it just a good day that day? No. It was spirit-led. The Holy Spirit went and grabbed you and pulled you into himself that you could be rooted into him. It wasn't coincidental. It wasn't like, 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 oh, that was so funny. It was such a cute day. It was like heaven touching earth that day for your and my soul to come capture you and pull you from the darkness into the light. verse 8 they all made plans to come fight against jerusalem and throw us into confusion but verse 9 but we prayed to our god here we are with this prayer again and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves don't we sing a song that says something like that pray day and night pray we just pray all day and night jesus have you been praying all day and all night Let's be real. I guarantee you, even an intercessor who's called for prayer has been hindered in this area. Distracted, pulled away from their position of prayer and what they're called to do for the Lord. Then the people of Judah began to complain. Oh, here come the complainers. The workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Here's the orphan spirit. I'm a victim. I'm going through it. Oh, I don't have enough money. I don't have this. I don't have that. Woe is me. The complaining people, right? They're in every generation, I I promise you. We saw it, even the people walking around the mountain for 40 years, all they did was complain. You know that when you complain, you set a a heavy, ugly atmosphere? I know because I've been there, done that. When you get complaining into your complaining zone, it creates such a heaviness in the atmosphere, it feels ucky and yucky, and you feel a weightiness fall on you that was never meant for you to carry. You feel like a burden, like a heavy-weighted bag has been laid upon you when you get into your complaining zone. And the only one that can remove it is the Lord. Verse 11. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will soup down on them and kill them and end their work. Why does he have you complaining? Why does he have you saying all these things? Because he wants to take you out. We'll soup down. We'll kill them all. We'll end the work. We'll stop what's going on in their life. The Jews who lived near and the enemy came and told us again and again (laughs) they were living near the enemy. When you complain and you do these things in your flesh, you're living near the enemy. And you're going to keep hearing the broken record over and over again in your ear and about how you're not worthy, of how, who do you think you are. That's the plan of the enemy. They will come from all directions and attack us. <clears throat> so I placed arm, guard, arm guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families, Armed with swords, spears, and bow, and bows, they went into this as a family. They went in this together. This is strategy that they began to step into. Verse fourteen. Then, as I looked over the situation, <clears throat> I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, "Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and fight for your brothers." your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. It's time to fight, people. Stop agreeing with the devil, buck up, rise yourself up, and get up and fight. I told the devil yesterday, while in my prayer time, I said, you you wanted to fight, and you've messed with me for two weeks. Now it's time for war, and now it's time to engage. Now the war the warrior that God's already put in you not the priest. The priest is a lover and the priest is good. And you need the priest. I'm not saying to completely shut that side of you down. I'm saying there's a warrior inside of you that needs to begin to rise up when the enemy comes with his attacks. And you have to stand your ground and you have to guard your heart and you have to stand there on guard in the natural. And you have to begin to fight because isn't your family worth fighting for? If I ask anybody in here, isn't your family worth fighting for? Your wife, your children, your sons, your daughters, all the generations, aren't they worth fighting for? They are to me. When our enemies heard that we knew their plans and that God got frustr- had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. Who got frustrated? The enemy. Have you been feeling frustrated lately? Because if you've been frustrated, it's not your job to be frustrated. Give it back to the enemy where it belongs the frustration. Let him be frustrated. Let him be confused. Let him carry the burdens. Let him begin to move in those areas. so we can return back to the wall and begin to build again. But from then on, only half of my men worked, while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of the mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judea, who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work, with one hand supporting their load, and one hand holding a weapon." All the builders had a sword belted to their side, and the trumpeter stayed with them to sound the alarm. Intercessors, what does sound the alarm mean? It means pray. Get on your face and pray. Why have you been so distracted out of your place of intercession, out of your place of prayer? Because that's what the Lord has put in your heart to do. Sound the alarm. Let the people know the enemy's here. He's coming, but it doesn't mean we're going to lose. It means we're going to have victory. Then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, we're in verse 19 now, the work is very spread out, and we are widely supported from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. The trumpet is being sound, and God will fight for us. Verse 21, we work early and late from sunrise to sunset. And half the men were always on guard. I also told everyone living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem. That way that their servants could help with guarding duty at night and work during the day. And during this time, none of us, not one, nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor the guards who were with me ever took our clothes off. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water. What does that tell you? (laughs) They weren't lax. They weren't asleep. They were ready for the war. They kept their weapons, their tools on them. They didn't even get out of their clothes at this moment of warfare. They were like, if the enemy shows up, we got to be ready. You got to be. Our soldiers who go to war for our nation, they stay and their fatigues they stay in their warfare clothes sometimes sometimes they have to to guard their areas and to guard their places and then they they go in sections and they assign them certain times certain moments for them to be ready for when the enemy comes we have to begin to have a militant mindset for the kingdom of god because we're called to be soldiers for the lord this is the warfare part of you God's teaching us to be warriors and to stand up in the middle of war and say, we're going to be ready. We're going to carry our weapons with us. We're not going to just lay down and let the enemy come and demolish us. We're not just going to agree with the enemy anymore and say, and Poor me, woe is me, I'm having such a hard time, and get into a complaining zone. No, it's time for you to rise up, agree with heaven, what the Lord has spoken over you, and then take your assignment. We go on reading in that same verse, it says they had an assignment from God. They prayed without ceasing. Prayer was the key in the warfare. Strategy had to come from heaven. Strategy only comes from heaven through prayer. Thessalonians 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 16, 17. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you've been a complainer, switch your complaining to giving thanks. Start thanking Him. Well, I don't have nothing to thank him for. My whole life is in mess. It's a mess. It's in, it's in chaos. It's in. Did you wake up? Did you breathe? Thank him for the breath you had. Thank him for waking up this morning. Let's start with that first. And pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. Has the enemy been stealing your joy because of the attacks and the trials? You do lose your joy. But the joy is never taken from us. We don't lose anything in the kingdom of God. We just choose to let our joy go because we're focused on the attacks and the trials. God doesn't say, oh, now that you're going through attacks and trials, you don't have to be joyful anymore. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So if the joy of the Lord is your strength, you should be enthusiastic like they were saying earlier in the scripture you should be full of enthusiasm <laughs> to do the work of the Lord because you have to stay in joy. Nehemiah 6, 1 through 14. Sanballat, Tobia, Jessam, and Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained. Though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates, So Sambalat and Jism sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plan of Ona. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending the message to them, I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? This is what we have to begin to tell the enemy. The gaps that they had to fill, sometimes we have gaps in our life that have not been filled. Think militant. Think of the gaps. If I have a wall and there's gaps in that wall and there's cracks in that wall, the enemy will find a way in. We have to begin to seal those gaps in our lives today. We have to begin that the enemy cannot find anything in us anymore. If he can't find anything in you, he can't come in through the gaps. The Lord comes and seals them and says he has no power upon you anymore. And not only that, but as the gaps are being sealed, it says here, it says, it says, what did he tell him? I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? When the enemy is attacking and you're going through trials, you need to say out loud, I'm doing a great work for the Lord. I can't, I don't have time to stop doing kingdom business. If anything, you should be pushed more into doing kingdom business. Now, I'm not saying you're going to feel like it. Because your emotions and your feeling may not be there at times. Because you're being attacked. You're going through warfare. You're in a, in a time of trials. You don't feel like it sometimes. But we don't go by our emotions. We're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if you're led by the Holy Spirit, you'll go to church. You'll show up to every teaching. You'll go to all these things. You'll keep plowing and building. And you'll begin to say, I'm of great work. I'm in the middle of doing some great work here. You won't be distracted anymore. Number four, four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. So that's telling me it's building perseverance. The enemy's not going to stop all of a sudden. He, he, he's determined to knock you off your path. To stop you from being the builder that you're called to be he's gonna keep bringing those distractions and you have to keep saying the same thing back to the enemy he did it four times here the fifth time this is verse five sam Ballad's servant came with an open letter in his hand and this is what it said this is where accusations begin because the enemy is now really mad. And when he gets really mad, here comes the accusations. There's a rumor amongst the surrounding nations. And Jism tells me it is true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. And that is why you're building the wall. All lies. According to his report, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king of Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us. Imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. So if you're going through a, a, a form of accusation right now, it's not the Lord. It's a devil. He's a liar. And when you say those are all lies, you're lying about me. That is not truth. Then you're agreeing with heaven and not with the devil. And then you don't get intimidated and then you begin to do greater, determined will you be to do the work of the Lord. Verse 10 Later I went to visit Shamani, son of Delilah and grandson of Me- Me- Metabol, who was confirmed to his home. He said, Let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the doors shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, Should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobia and Sanballat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. This part right here, when he said they're trying to make me sin, When you really look at that verse, well, what was he, what were they trying to make him sin? To go against the very thing God had already told him to do. It's a sin not to be obedient and not to do the things God has told you to do. That's the truth. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Remember, oh my God. All the evil things that Tobia and Sanballat have done. And remember Nodia, the prophet, and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. It's sad to say that they were considered to be prophets. They didn't sound or looked very Jesus to me or very godly to me. If they were being used... To bring down the body of Christ and what God wanted to do, right? Don't we see that right now with some prophets? It grieves my spirit to hear when prophets go online on Facebook or they post things publicly against one another. Not because there may not be some truth in what they say, but because that's not what they're supposed to do. They are agreeing more with the enemy and the devil than they are with heaven. Nehemiah 6, 16 through 19, the builders complete the wall. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and they were humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. Right here, when it says that, it wasn't just about the enemies knowing about God's goodness and what he did in this moment. It was about the nations hearing about it because it was putting God on display for the nations to see the goodness of his nature. It was such a great moment here. And then it says in verse 17, during those 52 days, many letters went back and forth between Tobiah and the nobles of Judah. For many in Judah had sworn alliance to him because his father-in-law was Shekinah, son of Arah, and his son, uh, Johannes, was married to the daughter of Michalim. These are all people that they felt were people of power. They kept telling me about Tobia's good deeds and they told him everything I said and Tobia kept sending threatening letters to intimidate me. Even after all that, the letter still came. There are a lot of distractions trying to keep us from our assignments right now, but we have to change our focus. We've been talking a lot about Solomon and wisdom. I've brought forth a word about solomon some weeks ago and the wisdom that he gave the, that god had given solomon and the world, one thing that that i was hearing somebody say the other day was we need to understand the nature of the lord we need to understand his promises because there's promise over our lives that he's already spoken whether through prophecy or directly to you and then discover his purpose Not our own purpose, not something we've created, but his purpose in us. One of my favorite songs is, uh, I think, Integrity Sing It. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. It might be flipped. (laughs) But I'm telling you, that was a declaration to yourself, and it's a declaration to your surroundings. That the the weak would say that they're strong right now. That the poor would begin to declare that they are rich. We are strong and we are rich because he makes us rich and he makes us strong. And that is, it's in Joel 3.10. Let the weak say, I am strong. You know, we've been talking a lot about roots and letting God pull out these roots and, and really just coming in like, I call it dying to self. <laughs> and I've gone through dying to self like four million times. Just when I think that I've died completely to myself, there's still something else there that I discover about myself. And then I'm like, okay, that's another root that has to be pulled out, God. Just take it out. And it's pretty painful pulling out the roots. It's very painful because... There's always something of emotion that's attached to those roots. There's always a plan of destruction from the enemy that is attached to your enemies, that's attached to the enemy that is attached to the root. So when you go back with the Lord to pull out those roots, it becomes painful for you. But let me tell you, we were in Michigan last week. And I began to have an open vision with the Lord. And it literally caught me off guard because I was up there bringing forth the message. And all of a sudden, I go into this open vision. And as I go into the open vision, I, I was preaching and I turned. And when I turned, I was preaching on the sanctuary. And how Moses created the Ark of the Covenant. And it was always created in the natural for us to understand what it was supposed to be in the spirit when Jesus came and gave his life up for us. That we would go in the spirit, in the secret place, in the place of intimacy into the sanctuary. And as I said that, I turned around and I began to see that when people began to take the seeds that he's given you to replace the roots that you've pulled up that were not from him, I saw in the place of the sanctuary, in the secret place, is where the vines began to grow in that place of intimacy. It wasn't what you did in the public. It wasn't what you were doing out here. It wasn't the good things or the good deeds you were doing that made the roots grow. Or made the seed begin to bloom. It was you being in the secret place in the sanctuary with the Lord that began to feed that thing. Because when you position yourself in the secret place of intimacy in the sanctuary, the devil cannot come in. Because when they created the original Ark of the Covenant, just not anybody could come in between back... behind the veil. Jesus came, tore down the whole entire veil for us when he gave his life up. And when he did that, they gave that gave us access to the secret place behind the veil of intimacy with him. And when you allow the Lord to come uproot these things and place his seeds of what you were originally called and created to be in your life, in your calling, the seeds begin to grow out of you in the place of intimacy, in the sanctuary, and they get rooted not only to you, but into the land where you are at. And you want to talk about a harvest? That is part of the harvest. It's you being on your face And you seeking the Lord with all your heart. And you sitting there and saying, God, all I want to do is see your face. We sang about it this morning. And it's like, all I want to do, Lord, is see your face. All I want is that one moment where me and you can be one and I can see you and I can feel you and none of the other stuff matters. See, because behind the veil in that secret place, the devil cannot touch you. He can't come in that place when you're with the Lord by yourself. It's not allowed. It's illegal. It's an unjust thing. So he wants you to begin to have encounters. Melissa was saying that in worship today. He wants you to have encounters. He wants you to have a place of intimacy. That's where he wants us to be. Why does he want you there so bad? So you won't go through the attacks anymore. He comes and the Ark of the Covenant had these angels that would come and they protected the covenant. When you go in the secret place with the Lord of intimacy, there's a covering that comes over you in that moment that the enemy and the devil has no access to you anymore. So if you're going through trials and attacks right now, get into the secret place, get into the place of intimacy, be rooted to the Lord. Colossians 2.7 says, let your roots grow down deep into him. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you are taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Why, why does he talk about faith here? See, faith is not built up in what we do. Faith is built up in him believing and trusting in him and when you're in the place of intimacy in the secret place there's faith being built up inside of you through the being rooted to him letting him be your foundation and letting him build faith inside of you and then you begin to have faith the way that he had and then you walk like him and then you talk like him and then you become just like him because you were created in his image so we can't be like him and walk like him and talk like him and think like him if we're not in the secret place with him. It's not going to happen. Let me tell you how ticked off the enemy was this past week with me and my family. I'm so thankful for my, for my kids. Because my kids, during the whole process of attack, were our company of heaven. My son, one day, he goes, and he, he, we have a, a storage, and he comes back, and I'm like having a bad day. You think leaders don't have bad days. I'm sorry to break your heart, but we do have bad days. And I remember me sitting there weeping and crying with the Lord. And my son walks in, and he said, Mom? It's just an attack of the enemy. And I said, I know, mijo. And he says, I went to the storage today, and there was this big old rock. And it was, it looked like they had cut the grass, and the rock went, and it slammed into our storage door and made a big old hole. And this was like the icing on the cake, you know? (laughs) Like, (laughs) because it, Things kept happening and happening and happening and happening. And I said, are you being for real right now? (laughs) Because I started to get frustrated. I'm just being transparent with you. But this morning as I was in worship with the Lord, the Lord gave me clarity on it. Because there's always a flip side to the attacks of the enemy. There's always something God's trying to tell us through the attacks. The enemy will come and attack because he wants to distract you and for you to see the counterfeit and not the real. And I saw the real this morning, even in that situation. And you may think, God, how could there even be a real in that? There is a real. Let me tell you why. We have shirts outside in the store. And it said, the stoning of Stephen, that one's going to cost you. And in Acts, it talks about the stoning of Stephen. And I want to share this story with you real quick. Because God is raising up a whole generation of Saul's. And I'm going to tell you why. It's going to be uh, Acts 7, 54. When the members of the Saradine heard this, they were furious. Sounds familiar, right? Like Nehemiah. They were furious and gashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of God, look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, and they all rushed at him. Dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, Stephen prayed. Here's his praying again. He's in the middle of being stoned and he begins to pray Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. I tell you this because the attacks that have been very severe lately. I have been seeing my friends that are believers, that are men and women of God, so sick recently. It's all over Facebook. And my thoughts were like, God, what is going on? And the Lord began to speak to me this morning. And he's like, because there's a whole generation that is trying to still live by the law. But I came to fulfill the law with what I did on the cross. And Stephen was an example of what was to come with Jesus. He says, I give you my spirit. That's the very same thing God said, Jesus said on the cross. Jesus said on the cross, I give you my spirit, God. And then he says, and forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. It was, it was an, Stephen was an example because there was a whole generation of Saul's that were going to be so impacted and Saul became Paul and then Paul comes and Paul is what established the apostolic movement of God. And he begins to bring the fivefold ministry into a region, into a generation, and starts teaching them. And he starts writing the letters to Ephesians. And he starts writing to the letters to the churches. And so this is not just about the attack here. It's a national attack that's coming against the body of Christ right now. And it's attacking the leaders because we are a representation of the fivefold ministry and the movement of God that God wants to do in this hour and it's going to come and it's going to impact not only our own houses our own hubs but it's going to come to impact nations and that's why the media center is important that's why it's important we reach the nations because there's going to be a movement here there's going to be a movement that's going to come and it's going to take away from the stoning that's been going on in this region for way too long there's been a stoning in our region from the place of religion from a place of religion of the law and God's about to flip this thing over and he's about to shift it and I'm saying it and I'm speaking it and I'm declaring it that the shift is going to come and there will be transformation that is coming in this hour Oh oh, oh, oh. oh. I'm telling you right now. You better get ready. You better get ready. Because there's no demon and there's no devil in hell that's going to be able to stop the movement of transformation this season. Transformation represents the spirit of revival. That's why he had to write to Ephesians. He's like people you know what revival is you've seen the works of god now stand up and begin to walk and act like kings and priests warriors of the lord begin to take your place of a warrior stand your ground protect your families your sons and your daughters because there's a move coming and no devil in hell is going to stop you. Not even a distraction, not even a trial, not even a a flicker of what the enemy's doing can stand what God wants to do in this hour. I'm telling you, he's about the family. Do not fear for your family. As long as we keep our eyes on the Lord, we fear God not people or men. We fear God in this house. We fear God for the nation. We fear God for the nations around because only God is the one that has any ability to be feared because of his power that he carries. Stand up right now. Stand up. Stand up right now. Do a declaration this afternoon with me. See, we have to declare, let the poor say I am rich. Let the weak say I am strong this afternoon. You've got to begin to stand up and you got to begin to declare the word of the Lord over your life. I'm telling you right now there's a power that's coming from heaven this season and nobody can hold it back any longer if you feel that you need to come up here then come up here you should be running up here see this is not about me this is about his power this is about his touch on your life oh let the poor say i am rich let the weak say i am strong I'm telling you right now, you gotta agree with heaven this afternoon. If you don't agree with heaven, then maybe you need to feel the power of God again. <laughs> oh, Oh, the devil needs to be afraid of you. Not you afraid of the devil. I told the devil yesterday, I said you wanted war, you got war. <laughs> tell you something you got to begin to say it out of your mouth you came to mess with my family you came to try to take my kids you came to try to take my finances you try to come and steal things from me that were not yours to steal I take it back this afternoon. And you gotta begin to take those things back and take them back like you mean it. Don't be sweet and cute about it. You begin to speak out of your mouth with a voice of declaration, a voice of power, because you're a son and a daughter of the King, the Most High. And you say, I take back my family today. I take back my land today. I take back my health today. You've been sick, take back your health. I'm telling you right now, you're only sick because you've agreed with it. Stop agreeing with the devil and say, I'm not going to be sick anymore. Whatever's on your list this morning, begin to speak it out of your mouth. See, I can't speak the declaration for you. You got to speak it for yourself. How much do you love your family? How much do you love your sons and your daughters? How much do you love them? Will you stand there and fight for them? Will you stand and fight when you're weak and you're tired? Will you stand and fight when you want to give up? (laughs) You have to. There's no choice anymore. Let's worship the Lord this afternoon. Begin to keep declaring unto the Lord this afternoon. I will lift my eyes to heaven. I will see
1: your eyes That burning fire I will lift my eyes to heaven I will see your eyes We sing signs and wonders Miraculous powers Prophecy healing Release, release, release Signs and wonders Miraculous powers Prophecy healing Release, release, release Signs and wonders Miraculous powers Prophecy healing Release, release, release Signs and wonders Miraculous power, Prophecy healing Release, release, release Release, release, Leave, release Release, release 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 To the sky To see your eyes Shining brighter and brighter Every single day I will not be held down By the things I see around me No, Lord I will look to you I will look to you Right now You see I will look to you I will look to you We look to you I say I look to you I look to you I look to you, yeah I say I look to you I look to you I look to you, yeah Look to you, look to you. I look to you. I look to you, look to you. I look to you, look to you. I look to you, look to you. Yeah. We say higher and higher, higher. To glory we go. We sing glory to glory we go. We sing glory to glory we go. We go. We go. I make war. We make war. We make war. as a sound. as a shaking. as a burning. We make war. We make war. We make war. We. Make war. we make You have won the battle, you have won the war, Father. You have won the battle. We take it back. Oh, we take it back. We take it back. We take back the key today. We take back the key today. We take back the key today. We take back our authority right now. I will not be silent. 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 We take back the keys today. Yeah. 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 take back the keys today, say, enemy, you can't have your way. Yes. I take back the keys today, I say, enemy, you can't have your way. I say, I take back the keys today, I say, enemy, you can't have your way. I say, I take back my keys today, I say, enemy, you can't have your way.
2: Come on, man. Say, listen, if there's somebody standing next to you, just put your hand on their shoulder. Put your hand on the shoulder. If you're not by somebody, put your hand on the shoulder. Come on. We're going to close out this this morning, and we're going to make a declaration. Father, we declare that today is a new day and we take back everything that the enemy stole. We take back our finances. We take back our family. We take back our our husbands and our wives and our brothers and our sisters. Come on. We take back our health. health. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all glory and all honor. Holy Spirit, Spirit. have your way. way. come on. Jesus. Woo! Lift up a shout. Oh, there's victory in the house. There's victory in the house. There's victory. Jesus.
1: Uh so father we have the keys
2: today.
1: <laughs> the enemy can have its way because we took our keys away come on hold your keys up the enemy hold your keys up way because I took our keys back to these are way. your keys the enemy can have oh! because your
2: destiny your purpose today.
1: the enemy can have his way yeah we took He's back or today the enemy can have face way cuz the king is
2: on his way Can we just give the Lord a big shout Come on Jesus Hallelujah